0: I should be making war against my lustful tendencies. I should be making war against my pride. Christians should not be warm with their flesh. We ought not to be making cuddles with our flesh. The perspective of the Christian should be, I hate this and I need to make
1: war upon it. Welcome to the In Doubt Podcast. Hey, welcome to the in Podcast Show. I'm Isaac, your host, and with me today is the incredible Brittany Dagno. Hi, guys. Um, so you do know what's coming, right? What? Well, I'm going to ask you some questions. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, of course.
1: Because the last two weeks, I've asked the other uh, participants of the guest cast some questions to get the uh, listeners to kind of know who you are a little bit. So here's, here's the questions. Uh, the first one's a little weird, all right? Um, if you had to eat a worm... What way would you cook it? Deep fried. Okay.
2: Absolutely. Actually, you know
1: what? That would make a lot of sense. Anything
2: tastes good deep fried. That's right. And then put a little sriracha ketchup on it or a little truffle mayo. Yeah. You wouldn't even know there's a worm in there.
1: That's, you know, that's an excellent answer. That's really good. Oh, thanks. Um, are you more of the awkwardly early or fashionably late?
2: Awkwardly early. Oh, okay. Hands down. <laughs> like always way overprepared. Right. Which makes me underprepared.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, you work at Starbucks. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> if Starbucks made a drink called by your name, what would it be? So what would the Britney Henspin... I want a grande Britney Henspin.
2: Oh my goodness. Um, On the spot, okay. Um, Definitely something with like whole milk or cream. Like extra fat just because it tastes so good. Okay. And pro- probably... Okay, let me backtrack. Okay. A whole milk latte with two pumps of toffee nut and two long shots in it. Nice. Yeah. That's good. With like a little bit of caramel drizzle on top. You we could know- order that too if you went to Starbucks. You couldn't call it the Brittany, but you could definitely order it you if could. you want to try it. Okay. Well, that's good.
1: <laughs> well, guys, you guys now know uh, Brittany just a little bit more. She would eat <laughs> a deep fried worm. She's awkwardly early and uh, her drink sounds incredibly uh, fatty. Fatty. <laughs> Anyways, we're we're in a series right now, uh, as everyone knows, called This is the Gospel, in which we look at five major aspects, kind of slash subjects of the gospel. We have God, man, sin, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And today we're looking at sin. We had Dave Johnson come into the studio to talk with us uh, uh, about this subject. So we're going to listen to that. And then after uh, we finish the conversation, we'll come back and chat about some of the things that uh, came into our minds. So here's a conversation with Dave Johnson. Well, it's great to have Dave Johnson back in the studio once again.
2: Hey, Dave.
0: Hey, Isaac. How you doing, man? I'm so pumped to be
1: here. That's good. And you you have uh, some new news as well. You just had a uh, baby. I had a baby boy. That is yeah. awesome.
0: Jethro. Jet for short. Jet for short, sure. yeah, yeah. Jet Johnson.
1: So did you name him after like Moses? That's fathering? right. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Jethro, man. He's such a cool character in the Bible, yeah. man. A man of wisdom. He's one of the few men that spoken in Moses' life. It's true. And I just had so much respect for the not only person in the Bible, but I mean, the meaning of the name means his excellence. Ooh. Ooh. That's so good. He's, I like that. He's got to live up to that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And the name
1: just sounds cool too. It's like Jethro. Yeah, Jethro. You yeah. Know? It's Jethro. Little, yeah, Jethro. It's yeah. very meaty. Um, so in our This Is the Gospel series, we're now in our third of five kind of different aspects or subjects, God, man, sin, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and how these different aspects make up the entirety of the gospel. So good. And really the purpose of this entire series is to... Uh, help people just kind of get back to the basics, the core kind of values of the gospel to help us understand the weight of it and the beauty of it. That's pretty much the purpose of this. So let's jump into this. We're, we're on sin. You got you got sin. Woo-hoo. Uh, that's the one that falls onto. So let's just jump into this. W- what is sin? What is it? What is sin? What is sin?
0: Well, sin is uh, you know, defined in a few different ways. Uh, and I think if we take a look at the very, very beginning of the Bible, we f- we find the origin mm-hmm. of sin. And so here we see, and I'm sure uh, Dr. John talked about this, but here is God and He created man and everything was good. God declares His goodness over the planet, right? It is it is good. It is good. It is good. And really, the um, atmosphere or what I sh- should I say, the, the feeling that we read in the first two chapters, it is good. It yeah. is good. It's perfect, yeah. right? And He makes man and He declares, it is good, right? Yeah, and He makes right. woman and He's like, it is better, right? Yeah. No, no, he just says, it is good. Yeah. It is good. And uh, here, you know, man is is in the garden. He is in paradise, mm-hmm. and God, really, in in order for us to experience free will or choice, there needs to be contrast. So, if we can just begin there right away. Okay. okay? So, from my perspective, I I look at our reality, and at least I experience free will. Today I had, I went to Tim Hortons and I was like, I had choices to make. I was right. like, what am I gonna eat? You know, am I gonna have a BLT or am I gonna get, uh, you know, breakfast? I I had choice. That's right. At least I experienced it that way. And so in order for God to create a reality where human beings are not robotic in nature. Right. Right? Because robots, they don't have choice. They just, all they have is algorithms to that they just do. Do you know what yeah. I mean? yep. Yeah. And so God did not want to create a creation of r- robots. Yeah. He wanted to create a vivid, vibrant, beautiful reality uh, where his creatures would would have free will. Yeah. Right? And so I think for us to talk about sin, we need to first little bit talk about the essence of free will. So in order for God to create free will, he needs to make contrast. Right. Contrast is this, black and white, vanilla or chocolate. Yeah. BLT or sausage breakfast sandwich, you know what sure. I mean? I yeah, I have, yeah. had. There's contrast. There's, yeah. In order for choice to happen, there needs to be contrast. And so God says that there, you know, you can eat from any tree in the garden, Adam. Yeah. There are thousands, I don't know, millions of trees and different fruits and, yeah. you know, and then he says, in order to create contrast, he puts this one tree and he says, listen, this one tree, yeah. don't touch it. Yeah. And for when you eat of it, you will surely die. So in that moment, God actually creates contrast and choice. So Adam and Eve now have a choice mm-hmm. to obey or disobey. So there, there, there's a plethora of trees yeah. to choose from, and God places this one tree... Just one. <laughs> just one yeah. that we are not to eat from. Right. And that is God's unique and beautiful way to create a reality mm. of choice, but a very dangerous thing to do, right? Right? But God, God does not want robotic love, yeah, because that's not genuine love. Mm-hmm. In order for us to be able to love, mm-hmm. in order for me to be able to say I love my wife, uh, there needs to have been a choice. If Marisa was uh, my only choice, right, it would be very difficult for me to say I love. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And so here he places the, the tree in the garden, and in Genesis chapter three. So really, we mess up pretty early, right? There's 1,188 chapters in the Bible. Yeah. Third chapter in we're, you know. We we mess up, right? Yeah. And so here, uh, you know, we're, we're given this very sad story of Adam and Eve being deceived. Yeah by the enemy, the devil, and, you know, whether you take this figuratively, poetically, I'm, we're not here to really talk about that, but nevertheless, they are deceived, and, and they choose to eat of this tree, and the moment that they do, the moment that they do, I find it interesting that the very first um, consequence is it says that they, that they looked at themselves And they realized they were naked. Yeah. Their disposition before eating of the tree was one of adoring God's glory and God's creation and each other. Do you know what I mean? They were not self-centered, they were not Mm self-focused. But the moment that they disobey God, and that in essence is sin, is disobedience the moment they they do that they become all of a sudden self-focused right. self-centered it's about it's about me right. it's about me and if you look at our world that is such a problem self-centeredness so true, yeah. it's at the core of our sin nature we're so focused on on how, how how does this serve me how does how can how can i gain from this right Right? Yeah. We're so so self focused, and uh, and so I mean, at the core of it, sin is disobedience from God, and at the foundational level, it is really often because of our self centeredness. We want to be God. Yes. We we want it for ourselves. Right. We want the glory. We don't want to give glory. Right. We want the glory. Yeah, exactly. So disobedience. But may I say this is that. Mm. Where scripture comes in is that the, the Bible, I don't view it as sort of a rule book, mm-hmm. like do this, this, this. No, this is a life book. And here's the difference. God does not create rules and regulations and laws for the joy of just um, seeing us having to obey them. Right. Do you know what I mean? He's yeah, not like... had yeah. Ethos yesterday, we were talking, actually going through a series called Sex, Drugs, Rock and Roll. So we're talking about sex and, and I, I was just sharing about how... God did not just give us these crazy sex desires and then go, hey, Jesus, let's let's put a rule in there that you can't have sex before marriage. Like, <laughs> that would be amazing. Let's, yeah. You know what I mean? God does <laughs> right. not create rules for the sake of making rules. Right. Uh, so that we may disobey them or whatever. No, He gives us guidelines towards life. Right. And when we choose to break those commandments, it's not only an offense against the holy God, which it is. Right. But we are actually choosing death. Right. Right? And he says that in Deuteronomy, I have set before you life and death. That's right. Mm -hmm. Right? And so every day I get to choose, Isaac, whether I'm going to choose life. Mm -hmm. And I believe life is found in obedience, in coming back into the garden, metaphorically speaking, and saying, God, I just want to be in your presence, God. I don't want to offend you, Lord. I just want to to follow you. And uh, and sin is from my perspective, is those times where I'm actually choosing to disobey God, which actually leads to death.
1: It's interesting, like uh, in, in, in Bible college, you, you learn that sin is sort of like the idea of missing the mark, mm-hmm. that I've heard. And when you're saying that choosing life or death, sin is like, you know, God has set up this mark for you. He wants you to enjoy life. You know, Jesus has come for you to have abundant life, John 10, 10 says. Yeah. So when we sin, we're we're missing that mark. We're kind of... We're kinda of, you know, it's like archery. It's like well, you're way over there. You know, not this this life.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I know we aren't supposed to jump to salvation, but to the Christian, may I just emphatically say that we are not identified now because of Jesus by our sinful nature. No, we have been given a new nature. We've been born again. Now it's now a it's a matter of living out the nature in right. which you live.
1: Right. I had a question about that. Yeah. How do you how does a Christian then Uh, sort of live in this, I'm still, uh, I'm still prone to sin, Mm -hmm. still prone to missing the mark. I live in this broken world, yet I'm also saved. You know, how how does that, like, how how do you... Sure. Sinner and saint kind of thing.
0: Well, Galatians chapter five, if I can flip there real quick. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so check this out. Okay. Galatians chapter five, verse 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So here is the interesting dynamic that we live, Isaac. We are at war with ourselves. And this is not the only place that scripture speaks of this. Paul, this is a th- a theme of his throughout his writings, right? Where he says, I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I want to do. There's this battle that's going on, and we are constantly uh, at war with ourselves. So one of the, the things that I will often say to my my young adults is, are you, right now, are you warm with your sin, or are you at war with your sin? Hmm. And I think as Christians, this is our disposition. We are now at war with our sin. I should be making war against my, my lustful tendencies. I should be making war against my pride. Mm-hmm. Christians should not be warm with their flesh. We ought not to be you know, making cuddles with our flesh. The perspective of the Christian should be, I hate this, mm-hmm. and I need to make war upon it. And we do that not in our own uh, strength, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm a sinner, and I'm, I'm so desperately in need of God's grace and, and the power of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, there are areas that I'm walking in victory right now. And, and only by God's grace am I walking in victory, you know? And I can look a brother in the, in the eye, and, I, and I'm like, dude, I'm walking in victory in this area. And not because of necessarily I've done, but, like, but because I've just been like, God, I need you. I need you. And then when that quick little, that desire just pops in my head, I'm like, God, God I, I don't want to do that. Like, help me, please help me, help me, Holy Spirit, I need you, I need you, I need yeah. you. And so, and where I've gotten myself in trouble, and my my walk can be cyclical at times, man. Sometimes I can get in trouble because because I start cuddling a little bit, you know, I start becoming a little bit warm and, and I make, uh, you know, I make, you know, exceptions, you know. And Paul says this, he says, there shall not even be a hint of sexual immorality, or any kind of impurity, or of greed, for that is improper for God's holy people. Yeah. We are we are God's holy people yeah. because of Jesus, our new nature. We are we have been made holy, and so Paul's like there can't even be a hint. Yeah, which is so like I'm so screwed without <laughs> Jesus, it's without so the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, because right. in my own in my own merit, in my own effort there are you know there are more than hints mm-hmm. and when here's here's the thing is when we give uh the enemy even a hint he'll take an acre yeah. right when we when we begin to open the door to sin we think that oh i'm just going to take give him a hint yeah. he'll take an acre or an acreage yeah. and man there's so many stories of people who just you know i just started looking at you know, softcore porn or or whatever. You know, people don't end up having affairs on their spouse and families ripped apart overnight. It's it's a hint. Yeah. It's a hint. And then the enemy takes
1: an acre. Right. Uh, as you're talking, I'm just reminded of just Genesis 4, right there, where you see it. You have Cain and Abel. Uh, Abel offers the good sacrifice. Cain doesn't. And then what is what does God say to Cain? He says, you know, that imagery of sin is crouching at the door. He's yeah. ready. like, And if, if it's that perspective of like, wow, you need to be at war with your sin. Because if, if the moment you want to do a little cuddle, he's right there. He's right there. Um, if we can just go back a tiny little bit uh, and quickly just talk about uh, the fact, are all humans sinful because of the fall?
0: Yeah. I mean, what we see is that Adam is really a representative of all of us, isn't he? And uh, when he sins... This infiltrates the rest of humanity. So I was actually at a bank just a couple of days ago, and I ended up uh, uh, having a Muslim teller. okay, <laughs> so this guy's he's a Muslim, and we get talking and uh, and we end up talking for like a half an hour, wow, about God, life, faith. And here's what was interesting is we definitely had some different worldviews and different perspectives. But one thing that we really agreed upon, was that this world is broken yeah. that we are all in desperate need of salvation Wow, right it was a powerful conversation and there was definitely some light bulbs that went off when when really at the core of Islam or any religion it is by their own merit that they are saved yeah um, you know even Muhammad this is kind of a tangent but one on his deathbed one of his last words was even I don't know if I will get to see Allah. You know, and it's so by merit, you know what I mean? Like even the prophet of Islam was like, he recognized that he was sinful, but that by his own merit, he wasn't sure if he would see Allah. So here's a conversation I have with a Muslim. Right. And one of the things that we really, there's there's no difference in our theology, is that humans are sinful. Wow. And, you know, I have yet to find a human being who looks around creation and says, everything's perfect. Right. <laughs> there's no need for for a savior. And so, yeah. I mean, is all humanity sinful? Yeah. Is is all of humanity in need of a savior? Yeah, desperately.
1: Why don't we just, as we wrap up, why don't you just give us a hint, kind of of uh, of the choice I guess we have to this for this free gift.
0: Okay, and I'm gonna do this in the most awkward, weird way okay, ever. Okay. All right. Let's okay. Do let's do it. So my dad came to me recently. Oh, I would say, uh, well, a little while ago. And he said, hey, Dave, um, I'm writing a book. <laughs> I said, Dad, what are, you, what are you talking about? He says, man, I'm writing a book. And I'm like, well, like, what is it about? And he says, well, Dave, it's a bit awkward. I'm like, Dad, like, just like, this is weird. What are you talking about? He says, Dave, I'm, I'm writing a book about the journey of the sperm. <laughs> I'm like, what? You're, t- you're writing a book about the journey of the sperm cell? I'm like, Dad, my dad's a denturist. He made, makes dentures. I'm like, your job is that boring that this is what you think about on your day-to-day life. So he says, he's no, listen, listen, Dave, Dave, listen to this for a second. He says, if you think about the journey of the sperm, the gospel is in it. I'm like, Dad, like, what have you been smoking? You know what I mean? Like, what are you talking about? He says, listen, man, what would you say if if you had to say a message to a sperm cell of how to get to become a human being, Mm -hmm. what would you say? And I'm like, I don't know. He says, you'd probably say this. Hey, yo, listen, you have to find the egg. If you do not find the egg, you will die. You will remain a sperm cell and die. You have to find the egg. And when you find the egg, you have to unite yourself with the egg. Mm -hmm. For when you unite yourself with the egg, you will both die. The egg dies and the sperm cell dies. And in their unison of death, they are recreated and born again into a new creation. Wow. If you do not find the egg, you're going to die. You will not get to the next level of life. And my mind was blown as my dad looked at me and he says, Dave, you are living in the heaven of sperm.
1: (laughs) Wow. That is incredible.
0: And so... A very awkward illustration and an odd illustration, but <laughs> it really works. So what? How? What would I say? Listen, every human being is destined to die without Jesus,
1: mm.
0: and and here is here is Jesus who who comes down, who is unique and different from all of us. There's a reason why we are counting from the the moment this man, this God man, arrives. We are counting the the seconds, the days since his arrival. Why? Because you know, metaphorically speaking, he is the egg. Mm-hmm. And he says, I came to die and you must now die as well. And and, and what's awesome is Paul says, in 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 our in my in the unison of death, I now put my faith and hope in the resurrection that I may also be resurrected as as he was. Um, kind of a paraphrase, but that's what he talks about in the unison of death. And so to, to the Christian and to the, maybe the non-believer who's listening to this, I want to tell you there is hope there's hope and his name is Jesus. But here's what we have to do, we have to put our faith in Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's not by our own works, no, but we have to, because we have to make the decision, will we die to ourselves and put, say, Jesus, it's not about me, mm-hmm. it's about you, I want I, I just want to be with you, unite myself in you. Mm-hmm. And, and in doing so, I believe that we are given eternal life, yeah. life for the next age. That's, so good. That's my encouragement. There's hope out there. I don't want to steal the next episode because it's going to be good. It is. It is going to be
1: good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dave. And uh, for listeners as well, I'll I'll send a link to uh, the Ethos Young Adults page as well so that uh, people can listen to some of your more messages and everything like that as well. But uh, yeah, thank you so much for being here.
0: Hey, God bless you guys. Awesome.
1: was the conversation with Dave. I gave him, obviously, the opportunity to kind of talk about the next episode, which is going to be all, be all about Jesus and salvation. But let's backtrack again and think about uh, sin. Um, he said that, you know, the so often the root of sin is this idea of self-centeredness, selfishness, you know?
2: Yeah, totally. That's the battle that we all face every day as believers and unbelievers as well. But. Um, if we're specifically talking about believers, then, yeah, it's this constant inner battle between, like Dave said, the flesh and the spirit.
1: Yeah. And you even think of uh, Jesus. And I think in uh, Matthew, Mark and Luke, uh, I don't exactly remember where they are, but uh, when Jesus has the famous, you know, if if anyone desires to follow me, he has to take up his cross uh, deny himself mm-hmm. and follow me, that that's one of the essential uh, parts of following Jesus is this idea of dying to self. Okay. So it would only makes sense that sin, which is, you know, disobedience against God would naturally be this idea of, well, I'm going to think about myself and mm-hmm. I'm not going to deny myself because that's, you know, I want to gratify my flesh.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it kind of reminds me of, well, not reminds me, but it's, I kind of want to break it down a little bit into like kind of different ways that can manifest within like a Christian mm. because as we said before the reality is as we we battle with our selfish desires on a daily basis. I think oftentimes it can look kind of differently. I kind of stemmed it into two different avenues. One you have Christians, and I would probably fall into this category more so, that um, maybe you grew up in the church, maybe you're a pastor's kid like me, Um, you, I don't know, went to a Christian school, you know the Bible inside and out, you've lived a pretty moral life. Mm -hmm. I guess like sin becomes small in your life because the external ramifications haven't affected you as deeply. And in that sense, that makes the gospel really small in, in your view.
1: Right, because sin is small.
2: Sin is small in your life. Yeah. And the contrast is small. Yeah. So everything is just, it's, it shrinks. Yeah. The power of the gospel shrinks. A horrible place to be in. And then on the flip side, I think a lot of people, maybe they've had like a rougher upbringing or a rough, just a rougher life, have found Jesus, which is amazing, but then struggle with that guilt and condemnation of all the past sins that they committed and all the ramifications that. Yeah that they're dealing with because of that. Mm -hmm. And so it creates this like inward focus. Right. And that again makes Jesus small because you're so focused on yourself. You're not focused on the gift of grace, the power of grace in your life. So two practical ways that Christians can struggle with the idea of sin and how, yeah, it's that battle, how it affects your view of God. Yeah.
1: And I totally understand like that second view you're saying that you think about all the, the sins that you've done and that shame that guilt instead of dealing with it instead of going to Jesus with that and confessing it and moving on you you just you you look inward all the time mm-hmm. and it's it it does look a little different than the idea where you're looking inward just to please yourself but it's a different it's sort of the self pity where it's like oh no I'm I'm all guilty I'm all shameful but again it's it's this it's self centered because you're again focused completely on yourself yeah. and i think it's important also to think about the fact that the very 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 root of sin is not self-centeredness. It's actually unbelief mm-hmm. because there are places in scripture where God does want us to be interested in ourselves, right? Mm-hmm, um, for instance, he says, love your neighbor as yourself. We couldn't love our neighbor if we didn't love ourselves and and take care of ourselves. And he also says stuff like, you know, run the race that God has given you and you want to be able to finish this race Mm -hmm. and do things and believe in things on earth to uh, get treasures in heaven, you know? So, I mean, you have to think sometimes about yourself, but obviously the difference there is good selfishness is God glorifying. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to do this because God has given me this task and I'm going to fulfill it in his for his, for his glory. But there's also the bad selfishness, which is me glorifying. I'm going to glory in myself.
2: Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's like how Dave talked about in Galatians, how there's that, again, that like contrast of the spirit and the flesh. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like, you know, when you, when you strive for things of the spirit, running the race, storing up treasures in heaven, that good selfishness, so you want to call it, then that's the right and Spiritual way to to walk your life out. Yeah. You know? That's right. So,
1: quickly as we wrap up, let's think of some uh, practical ways to overcome sin because people are listening to this. I mean, everyone, you, myself, everyone, we we all struggle with sin on a daily basis. Absolutely. Um, So, what are ways that we as Christians can practically overcome sin?
2: Well, first and foremost is being active about it. So, acknowledging that you are sinful and knowing that. And then Pursuing righteousness
1: through yeah. the word.
2: Yeah. So, what does the Bible say we got to do mm-hmm. to keep ourselves in check? You know, it's yeah. taking thoughts captive, putting on the armor of God, as it talks about in Ephesians. That's mm-hmm. going to equip you to run the race and to fight the battle. Yeah, that's right. Right. And those are all like metaphorical terms, but um, first and foremost, yeah. it's it's knowing the Bible, it's being aware of yeah. what the Word says. So,
1: And I think that that's extremely important because the Bible gives us commands and, and beliefs about all of who we are. God commands us to, you know, make us more spiritual and even our physical bodies. He has all these different commands uh, in every single aspect of our body. And the reason he has all that, because he cares for us and he loves us so much. At our church, we're actually going through a series in Genesis and we got To the fall yesterday, and we started talking about it. And uh, we see that Eve substituted God's words um, for Satan's words. And I think every time we sin, we make a substitution. We substitute God's Mm -hmm. words for Satan's words, our words, someone else's words. We make a substitution. So every single time we sin, there's a substitution that takes place. And I think that, you know, coming back to, you know, knowing God's word, it's like, well, if we understand that God cares for all of who we are, wherever God's words command us in any sense, there's always opportunity to make substitutes in regards to our mental thinking, in regards to what we're going to act out, what we're going to speak to someone. So in, in, in thinking of that way, practical ways to man, to overcome sin is, is to believe the word, believe God's word over any other substitutes, yeah. you know, and that, yeah, that's right. It means knowing, knowing the word so well. And trusting in it over the enemy's words. Eve and Adam didn't do that. They trusted in Satan's words and were deceived instead of God's word.
2: Yeah. Right? And there's always... There's like a split down the middle is how I see it. And it's like temptation and then the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And it's kind of like a 50-50. Right. And you are like on that middle line and every day you can either choose to succumb to temptation or you can choose to walk in the spirit. Yeah. But there's always an even balance and there's always a way to choose the spirit over temptation. Yes. The temptation will never be stronger. It will feel stronger, but it will never be strong, a stronger choice yes. than Then the choice of the spirit. Yeah. So you always have that way out. Yes. You know, you can, yeah. Yeah.
1: First Corinthians ten thirteen that, you know, Paul says that, you know, with every temptation that comes, it's, it's not going to be, it, it doesn't have the power to take you over, but mm-hmm. with that temptation, God will always provide a way of escape, Absolutely. you know, going the other way. Well, that wraps up the Indo podcast. Thank you so much, Brittany, for being on here with me.
2: Well, thanks for having me, Isaac.
1: Yeah. If you want to connect more with InDoubt, please follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. If you have any kind of comments or anything, email us at info at indout.ca or leave us a message on Facebook or whatever. We'd love to talk to you as well. Anyways, uh, that wraps up the show. And uh, yeah, I'm Isaac and this is Brittany and this is the InDoubt Podcast.
2: The In Doubt podcast is a part of Back to the Bible Canada's young adult ministry, In Doubt. All of Back to the Bible Canada's ministry programs and resources are created for the purpose of leading people forward in their walk with Jesus every day. For more information on all things Back to the Bible Canada, visit backtothebible.ca.